so glad he loves us, aren't you? I'm glad we have him. He's our king. He really is. Thank the Lord for that. And the king is coming. The king is coming. Uh, let me just begin read. Let me read a little bit more to you in verse number 29. Here in John chapter 11, the Bible says, as soon as he heard, as soon as she heard that she arose quickly and came unto him. Now, Jesus was not yet come into the town, but was in the place where Martha met him. The Jews then, which were with her in the house and comforted her when they saw Mary, that she rose up hastily and went out, followed her, saying, She goeth unto the grave to weep there. Then when Mary was come where Jesus was and saw him, she fell down at his feet, saying unto him, Lord, if thou hast been here, my brother had not died. And uh, interesting story between the two sisters here and how they reacted to the truth that Jesus had come or was coming. And that's what I'm going to speak to you about here today. Father, help us again uh, as we listen to the word of God. Help me as I preach. Lord, give me the strength, the power, not only physically, but spiritually. God, give my Holy Spirit power as we bring this message. May we take to heart these things we're about to say. We examine our own selves. And we'll thank you in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. I hate to say this, but I really believe that the majority of Christians uh, are not looking for the coming of Christ. You know, you would think that would be what every Christian is doing. Oh, we can say we are. I'm just looking for the coming of Christ. You know, I believe if, if we're really looking for his coming, there might be something different in our lives. I believe most Christians believe in the truth that he's coming again. You know, I, 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 don't, I, don't, I don't doubt that. I think most everybody that is truly born again is looking for the coming of Christ. But I, I, I don't believe that, uh, or, they, or I'm saying that, that everybody has been saved, they know the Lord is coming again, but I don't think everyone is really looking for that coming of our Savior. And yet I find that the Lord wants us to be looking to be watching for his coming. You know, when the kids are coming over, in fact, they came over on uh, Friday night. And uh, I asked my wife, so what time are the kids coming over? She said, five o'clock. About 4.30, you know what I was doing? Watching. I was on the front porch, sitting on the porch, waiting for them to come. And, uh, uh, and then I hurried up and got them to leave after they were done eating. And, uh, but uh, I was looking for them to come. Uh, you know why? I love them. I want to be with them. I mean, do we love the Lord? So, preacher, we love him. Are you looking for his coming? Or are you just busy about this whole world here? I believe the Lord wants us to be looking for his coming. But in our scripture, we find that Martha heard about the Lord was coming. And, and the Bible tells me here that she went to meet him. She got to him before he even got there. Got to the place where, 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 where Mary was. She, she went out there. I mean, that tells me this. She was really looking for his coming. So much that she, when, when he found out he was on his way, she was on her way there to see him. Now, she did think that he was late. Because Lazarus already died. And she knew in her mind and in her heart that God could have saved him from dying. 
And he could. But that wasn't his will. You see, God never makes mistakes. And may may I go a step further? God's always on time. Now, if you ask Martha at that time, was the Lord on time? No, no, he, he was late. He should have been here. We called for him before, and he didn't come. Remember that we could re- go on backed up a little bit there and read the scripture there where even the disciples saying, hey, you know, we need, we need to get going. And the Lord said, hey, it's going to be all right. And it was all right. And the situation looked like it was something that was, that was terrible. Here was an opportunity to keep a man. A man that was sick could have healed him, and now the man's dead like there's no hope. But we're dealing with Jesus. But Mary, it seemed to me like to her it was a surprise. Verse 29 again, as soon as she heard that, what? When she heard out that the master is come and called for thee. You understand, the master was not on his way, he was there. And where was Mary? In her house. You say, well, she was burdened. I'm sure she was burdened. Do you understand when the Lord comes, the burdens are lifted? The burdens are lifted. And here, here she's, she's thinking, you know, Martha thought, well, Lord, you're too late. My Lazarus has been dead for four days now. And, 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 and he was. In fact, his body began to decay. The Bible says he's stinking. His body began to decay. The smell of a dead body was there. Why, this is too late. I'll tell you what. The very moment that he died was not too late. And after four days was not too late. God's always on time. Always. Oh, that's right, preacher. He is with Mary and Martha. He's always right. And he's always on time in your life too. Amen. Amen. Now what I want to take away from this story is is that that Martha, when she heard that Jesus was coming went and met him. I really believe they both knew he was coming, but Martha was the one who really believed. Because where did Mary go? If you knew he was coming, why didn't she go? Why didn't Mary go with Martha? Because I believe she knew he, he, she knew he was coming, but really didn't believe he was coming and went back home. She was back at her house. Folks, we've heard that the Lord is coming again too, haven't we? Because we've heard what the word of God has to say. The Bible says in John chapter 14 and verse number 13, if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again. That's the Lord promise. He says, I will come again and receive you unto myself and that where I am, there ye may be also. The Lord is coming again. When? I don't know, but he's coming again. Here's the thing. We need to be what we ought to we, we need to know, but we need to be watching for his coming. You say, well, that's a given, preacher. We're all Christians. You know, we that are saved in this room here, we're watching, we're waiting for his coming. We know he said he would. John 14, 13 says, If I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself, that where I am, there ye may be also. And I believe that there were, I believe that today we have a lot of Martha Christians. Martha Christians that really believe he's coming and are looking every day for his coming. And then there are the Mary Christians. They're back home doing all the regular things. What was she doing? She was weeping. She was, she was, she was all upset because her brother died. And you understand that. 
But the answer to her prayer was coming. She should have been there. I think if we walked up to her and said, Mary, do you really believe Jesus is coming? Well, he's coming, but he's just late. It's too late now. Lazarus is dead. Well, he's too late. So I believe today that every one of us in this room that are saved, we fall into one of the two categories today. Either we're a Martha Christian or we're a Mary Christian. A Martha Christian that runs and says, I know that he's here. I'm watching. When she found out the Lord was coming, she ran there to that place. And Mary went home. You know, when we, when, since the Lord is coming again, and as I've said, he is, there's some things that ought to be happening in our life. Amen. You know, if you remember when you were kids, and some of you don't have to remember too far back. But when we were kids, when we were doing something we shouldn't, and all of a sudden your mom and dad came in, things changed. My brothers, you've heard me say, my brothers and I, we like to play rodeo in the living room. But not when mom and dad were there. Because mom didn't allow it. You, did not, you were not allowed to jump on the furniture. You weren't allowed to do that. I thought I'd hear moms and dads saying amen here, but evidently you don't have couches, you have trampolines in your house. We weren't allowed to jump on the furniture. We, weren't, we, weren't able to, we were not allowed to roughhouse in the carpet. We had plush carpet in our house. You weren't allowed to do it. And, and mom and dad could know because plush carpet, you could see all the scuffs in it, you know. Mom, mom used to have, I don't know, you remember, used to have these little rakes you take across it where it all goes in the same direction. You don't know what I'm talking about. Some of you, I know where you're at. You're in the shag carpet. Remember shag carpet? I can't get, some of you remember dirt floors? <laughs> Got to get you with me somewhere in this sermon. You had, you had literally you know, garden rakes in your dirt floors. But well, you, you could tell, Mom, Mom we, we would be playing rodeo in that living room. And we were jumping around. I always, I was the oldest. I was always the bull or the bronc, uh, bucking bronco, you know. And they would get on my back. And boy, we would have so much fun. And we knew we were not supposed to do it. But when mom and dad came, and you could always hear them come up the driveway. It was concrete driveway. But when they came on, you could hear a thunk, thunk. A certain place where the two pieces meet. You hear thunk, thunk. And all of a sudden, there would be, at this time, I think it was like three of us, blonde-headed little boys. All of a sudden, our heads would come up. Red faces, sweat pouring on our face. They're here. Man, we ran, put the cushions back up on the couch. And we, we, we picked up everything. And when they came in, we're sitting on the couch like little angels. Red face, sweaty little angels. And my mom would say, what were you guys doing? We, well, let's skip the story now, eh? But you know what? We knew this, we were doing something we weren't supposed to do, and we stopped when we knew mom and dad were coming. Ladies and gentlemen, if we really believe the Lord is coming, we're going to stop some things in our life that we shouldn't be doing. You know, today kids don't have a fear of mom and dad like they did back in our days. 
You know, I love my mom and dad. My mom and dad love me too. But with my dad, when my mom ever used my middle name, you better wake, wake up real fast. It was a day when, when children understood mom and dad meant something. We live in a day today where, you know, kids don't fear their mom and dad. I guess moms and dads are afraid to hurt their feelings because they want them to be prepared when they go to the university so their feelings are never hurt. They can go to those safe places. I guess that's what they're training them for. I don't know. But the right kind of a parent will cause a child to straighten up. You know what the sad thing is I've seen in my life? Where sometimes kids act worse around their mom and dad than they do around other people. You know what that tells me? Mom and dad's not the mom and dad they ought to be. When mom and dad's there, they ought to know that, hey, they're in charge. They're the boss. Are you with me? I'm losing some of you new ager people already. But what, there was a time when there was respect. We live in a world today, there's no respect for mom and dad. And you know what? It has gone. It's not only no respect for mom and dad, we're going to have no respect for our Heavenly Father. When, when my brother would look out the window, mom and dad's here. Boy, we jumped up. We had to get busy. Dad was, they were coming in. They weren't in the house yet, but they were soon to come. We believed it. And today we get up and preach, the Lord is coming again. And yeah, well, I believe that too. Yeah, I believe that preacher. But you know what? We can't even stay awake in church when the preacher's preaching. Hello. Sorry to wake up your nap. Do we really believe that he's coming again? Now you say, well, I believe it. But I mean, it, 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 are we more like Mary? We're sitting back there in our house saying, well, I know he's coming. I know he's coming, but it's kind of too late. I mean, look what's happening in Israel now. Why the Lord should have come by now. Look at all the problems we have in America. The Lord should have come by. We ought to be up and about and get some things straight now because we know the Lord is coming. Dad would give us some things to do when he would go to work. And one of the things always that he had us do is always clean the garage out, sweep the garage out. That was always the thing, sweep that garage out. And he would say this, you make sure you get that all cleaned up before I get home. Did you ever have parents like that? You, know, you make sure this is done, clean your room before I get home. Well, we, we go out there in that garage and we would get that all, all cleaned up. But you know what a lot of times we do? We'd wait until it was time for dad to come home. Mom would say, you know, boys, Dad told you to get that garage swept out. Well, Dad's not going to be home for a little bit. Yeah, we, we've got some time. And then the way we act about the Lord's coming again, oh, I got some time. You know what dad did sometimes? Came home early. Boy, did we have problems then. We knew that dad was coming, but we really didn't believe it was imminent. There's a lot of Christians today, you know what? We got all kinds of plans, but there's nothing in our mind that the Lord could come this week. In fact, I'm afraid sometimes Christians will be upset if the Lord was to come because it would mess up our plans. The Lord's coming again. You say, preacher, what's the problem with us not looking for the coming of our Lord? I believe several things. Let me give them to you this morning. I may make you mad here a little bit. I don't mean to. I mean to be nice because I really am. I have been. Okay, there was one day. You say, what's the problem with us not looking for the coming of the Lord? I believe one of the problems is this. When we don't look for the Lord, we'll do our jobs halfway. I dreamed, I dreamed last night about Gary. Yeah, you say, man, you're weird. I know. 
But I was at church, and I went back to my office. My desk was full of stuff on my desk. I had papers and books were everywhere. It was a mess. I couldn't even see my desk. And Gary comes walking in. And he goes, oh, preacher, how you doing? I said, fine. He starts picking up my papers, and he's folding them all, and he's stacking them up, and he's closing the books up. He's putting books on the bookshelf. He's cleaning up. I said, Gary, what are you doing? He said, Pastor, I, I just appreciate you and all you're doing. He said, I just want to help you. I want to keep your office clean. So my wife, I was telling the story, my wife said, Gary, you're invited to come next cleaning day on Thursday. And he's going to clean my office, all right? But you know what? I mean, he had, I, I couldn't believe it. I looked at my desk. My desk was so clean. He didn't do it halfway. Now, that was a dream. Amen. Usually when Gary is in my dreams, I call them nightmares. But, uh, uh, you know, you know the, 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 the crazy thing. But, you know, our jobs that we do for the Lord, if we thought the Lord was coming way out yonder, we're only going to do halfway our job. You understand, the Lord is coming any moment. And we ought to look at everything we do for the Lord to do our best at it. It's kind of like all you Sunday school teachers, our best lesson ought to have been today. Because the Lord's coming. It could be the very last lesson. We ought to do our best in the sermon that we preach because it may be the very last sermon that I preach. Why? The Lord is coming. I thought, well, I got a lot of others. I can pre- I'll preach some other sermon later on. I'll have other opportunities, but I don't know. You know, one of the wonderful things when we got saved, we became a son of God. Galatians 4, 6 says, And because ye are sons, God has sent forth his spirit of his son into your hearts, crying, Abba, Father. That word Abba is a very dearing name. It's like saying Daddy. That's how close the Lord's to be to us. But we've been born into the family of God. Now, the Gentile nation, I believe that they were adopted into the family of God's family there. But for us to be a child of God, we must be born again. That means to tell me this, no matter what I do, I'm still his child. I'm still his child. Nothing can ever change that. April 30th, 1954, I was born into the family of Ed and Joanne Bider. Nothing can change that. My mom and dad has gone on to heaven, but I'm still Ed and Joanne's son. I still have the last name Biter. I was born into the family. You understand, the only way a parent can get rid of their child is to abort their child or murder their child. Here's the wonderful thing about it. The Lord never does that. When the Lord saved us, he saved us to keep us. Amen. You see, when we stop and realize who we have, the Lord, he's our Lord, I think when we're looking for his coming, we'll not do halfway. You know, what sometimes would happen, and back to my story, when we'd sweep out the garage, dad was coming, and we were, dad, mom would say, son, son, boys, he's going to be here any minute. Boy, we would get busy. And just like we were playing rodeo in the living room, all of a sudden, hey, they're here! And we'd go there. We couldn't wipe our faces off. We were, our faces were beat red. And, and, the, and the house smelled like a gymnasium, you know. And, uh, I, I mean, the carpet was all scuffed up. Because we thought, well, we knew they were coming home. We just weren't looking for their coming. That means it goes to tell me this, you better make sure you're saved. I said, preacher, I'm going to get saved someday, someday. You know, I, I wonder how many people are in hell right now that were going to get saved. I, I look at the obituaries. You know, that's what old people do. You say, why do old people look at obituaries? To make sure they're not in them. Amen. But I look at, and one of the things we look at, isn't this how old the person is? 
You go, oh boy, that person, they're like 95. I, I mean, that's expected. And then, but when I see someone that's 69 or younger, oh, I'm thinking they're too young. But I look in there, I see the obituaries. You know what? That tells me there that there's a lot of people who have died. And then my question is this I wonder if they're in heaven or if they're in hell. You say, that's pretty gloomy. Well, hell's gloomy. Hell's a gloomy thing. Oftentimes I think, where are they at? They have a funeral and the preacher comes and paints a pretty picture. But the question is not how good you've lived your life. Have you been born again? Now, you can get upset if you want to with me right now about what I'm about to say here. But let me tell you this. If you're not saved and you die, you will go to a devil's hell and burn there forever. You know what? I, I think we're all disgusted what's happened in Israel. And how the Hamas has, has, has brutally killed people and babies and cut their heads off and all those atrocities. We look at it and think how, how, how sad that is. You know, that's sad what happened. But what also bothers me, many of those people that were killed and many of those people being killed as we speak are going to a devil's hell. Because Jesus said you must be born again. And the Jews are still looking for the Messiah. And the Hamas have no idea what they're talking about or what we're talking about. How many souls? And I think one of the things when this war broke out, they're talking about the thousands have already been already died. The Bible talks about hell hath enlarged itself. There's no no pretty way to put it. If you die without Christ, you go to a devil's hell. That ought to wake us up. That ought to make us realize, hey, we've got to do something. The Lord is coming soon, and there's a hell that people go to without Christ. I believe if you really believe the Lord is coming will be in the right places. We'll be in the right places if, we're, if we really believe the Lord's coming again. Now, I don't have any scripture for what I'm about to say. Usually I'll give you a verse on this. I can't give you a verse on it. But I have a hunch. And this is just what I've, I just, I have a hunch that this is going to happen. Now, if I'm wrong, I'm wrong. But if I'm right, I'm going to spend all eternity coming to your mansion, knocking on the door and going, I was right. <laughs> it wouldn't surprise me if the Lord came on a Sunday. I don't know. You say, what scripture do you have? None. I don't know. I just, I just, I just, in, in my heart, in, 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 I mean, I believe it's God's will for me to have a, have a Big Mac every other day. But I just, I just believe, I don't know, I don't know when the Lord's going to come. But I just have this notion that he's going to come on a Sunday. And I think, because I always think, what better time than on Sunday? Unless I'm not in church. How embarrassing would that be if the Lord came on Sunday morning and I wasn't here? And the Lord comes back. Now, I, wherever I'm at, I, I'm, at I'm going to rise. But if I'm at the beach, which they don't allow me to go there anymore. You say, why not? Because they kept throwing me back in the ocean. They thought I was a beached whale, amen? And uh, just throwing that in. That, that didn't really happen. I don't go to the beach. I don't believe being around the nudity, amen? But anyways, I, uh, uh, where was I? I was the whale on the thing. Let me back up a little bit more, all right? But, uh, you know, I, you know I, I don't want to be at the beach when the Lord comes. I don't, don't want to be in the bar when the Lord comes. I wouldn't want to be sucking a cigarette when the Lord comes. I want to be drinking a beer when the Lord comes. 
I don't want to be at home when church is going on when the Lord comes. Hello. Lord, you understand. Lord said, yeah, I understand. We get, we get ready and we get to doctor's appointments. Don't we? We do. I've got to do that. I've got an appointment to get my, my, my car, my truck inspected tomorrow morning, 8 o'clock. I'll take guarantee you what I'll do. I'll be up. I'm always up real early anyhow. But I'll be there before 8 o'clock with my, because why? I know they're going to inspect my truck. I know that Sunday school is at 945. I know that preaching's at 1045. I know that Sunday night is at 6 o'clock. I know Wednesday night is 7 o'clock. I know revival meetings, what time it is. If we're looking for his coming, we'll want to be where we ought to be. Amen. You say, you're just trying to, 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 to help the attendance to be up. Well, I just believe this, the attendance ought to be up. Why? The Lord is coming. The Lord is coming. I can't think that, you know, that, that extra cup of coffee is not important. You say, but preacher, I'm still just not, you know, I haven't got my, I couldn't figure out what color socks. You know, my parents used to always make us do this. You lay your clothes out on Saturday for Sunday. My dad would do that. And we had this ritual just before Lawrence Welk came on. <laughs> Remember Saturday nights, Lawrence Welk? And, and a one, and a two, and a three, and then we do the thing, you know. And, and we would, we would, we would, we, dad would say, come on, boys, we're going we're gonna to polish our shoes. Why? Tomorrow's Sunday. It's time for us to go to church. Hey, my mom would have our clothes all laid out, and everything be in that closet there lined up for us. So when we got up, we didn't go, what am I going to wear? I can't find my shoes. My Sunday shoes were right there. My socks were there, and everything else was right there. And we even got a bath on Saturday night, so we were ready to go to church on Sunday. Never did we say, we going to church? He went to church. And I believe this, if we really thought the Lord was coming, we just want to get up too. I dare you to treat your job the way you treat God. You won't keep a job. I told you I'd be mean. No, you know what a lot of Christians are like? Like Mary back home. You'll rise, but you should have been watching. And waiting for his coming. What if I told you tonight that God spoke to me? Not a hunch, but God spoke to me. They really didn't tell me this, but I'm just saying, what if? What if God said, I'm coming back at 6.15 on Sunday night? Where would you be? Amen. I mean, it makes you think, doesn't it? Either makes you think or makes you stew, one or the other. I know what he's talking about. Yeah, I know what I'm talking about, and you know what I'm talking about, and so what we need to do is be honest about it. What if he came during the Sunday school hour? What if he came during the revival meeting? What if he came during the evening service or the morning service? What if he came on Monday? Will you be like Mary back home? I believe also if you really believe the Lord's coming, you'd take the Lord's Supper seriously. We just had, we took the Lord's Supper last week. It's a serious thing. We don't eat that bread for a meal. We don't drink that juice to quench our thirst. We do it in remembrance of the Lord. And Jesus told us to do this. He said, do this. As often as you come together, he says, till he comes again. You know what, every time I take the Lord's Supper, it reminds me of this. It may be the last time we'll sit at this table. 
The last time we'll come to that table, are you listening? We'll come to that table and we'll take of that bread and we'll take of that juice. If we're serious about it. Most people, you know, there'll be people grumbling, going, we didn't have it that week. How come we didn't have it? <laughs> let, let, let me, let me, I've, I've been, I've had people before, this not even, doesn't happen now, but I've had it before, where people, will, they have no Lord's Supper because we want to make sure we're there for that. Well, listen, you ought to be there all the time. It's more than just bread and juice. The liberals, they take their false doctrine of communion. They got their little wine glass there and they got their, their bread there and they think that it gives them eternal life and it's all about that. But our, our Lord told us to do this in remembrance of him. In remembrance of him. You know, if we could take this seriously, if we'll, we'll take the Lord's Supper seriously when we realize he's coming seriously. Every time when I walk down there and I stand here and I, I tell about the Lord's Supper and we pass those plates to those fellows, they take it out. I, keep, I always think this may be the last time. One of these days we're going to sit down to more than a little piece of bread and a little glass of grape juice. Amen. Oh, the Lord. Hey, the marriage supper of the lamb. Amen. Oh, I could smell Kentucky Fried Chicken right now. Amen. And uh, I'm glad I've, I read that Colonel Sanders was saved, and I believe that he's going to help out with that meal. Amen. And I don't believe it's going to be Chinese food either. Amen. We had enough of that while we're here on this earth. We don't need it when we get up there. Amen. You say, is that in the Bible? But it should have been. Oh, but I believe he's coming soon. I think if we're really looking for the Lord to come soon, we would love each other. I gotta, I gotta say that one because now I got some of you mad at me. But I think, you know, I think how sad it is that sometimes Christians hate other Christians. You, you know what I think? What I oftentimes think when I find out someone doesn't like somebody. I always think about. I don't really pray it, but I want to. I want to pray this, Lord. May their mansion be right next door to their mansion. For all eternity. Can you imagine? Those people, I just hate them. I just can't stand them. Can you imagine? The Lord just, I don't know. I think the Lord may have a little bit of a sense of humor. <laughs> he called me to preach. He must have had a sense of humor. Well, the Lord, you know, I mean, we're, just, we're to love each other, aren't we? The Lord said love each other. Why? Because he's coming again. We ought to love folks more than we ever have. Little petty things make us mad today. Churches have splits over the color of the carpet or the color of the pews. Oh, God, have pity on that kind of garbage. Amen. We'll love each other. You say, ah, but sometimes they make me mad. Sometimes people make us mad, but we can still love them. My brothers may be mad lots of times, but I still love them. Amen. My mom made me mad sometimes. Well, she says, you're grounded, son. I go, Mom, I'm a teenager. I have my own car. I have a girlfriend. I'm grounded. I never went, Mom, that's why I love you. <laughs> she made me so mad. I go off to my room and I have to call my girlfriend. Can't come. She go, you know what she'd say? It wasn't like, oh, poor Mark. She, could say, she would say this, what did you do? It's my mom. She hates me. She goes, what did you do? And I said, oh, I smarted off. She goes, you knew 
better. And I went and married her after she preached to me like that. I was asking for it. But I always loved my mom. I always loved my mom. My preacher preached about my sin. I used to think that my mom would call Brother Hiles and tell him what I did wrong. All week long on Saturday night, she would call him and he would preach on it on Sunday. I figured that's the way it was. And he'd preach on my sin. But I loved him because I knew he loved me. Because God's people ought to love each other because we know he's coming soon. If we're looking for the Lord to come soon, we'll be patient. James 5.8 says, Be also patient. Establish your hearts for the coming of the Lord draweth nigh. We're very impatient people, aren't we? <laughs> Don't you love going to the doctor's office? You know, I'm finally over needles. Don't bother me much anymore. I hate waiting rooms. The only thing I hate more than waiting rooms is when they take you into the little room and you wait again. And you're out there and you hear them all talking out in the, out in the and they didn't shut the door, so you can't see what's going on. I think if they're going to bring you back there, leave the door open, let me see what's, who's coming in and out, and let me hear what's going on. Just me. But sometimes I'm not patient. The other day I was sitting there in the chair next to my wife and I said, Boy, I wish the Lord would come now. You know why? Well, I want him to come now, but I'm being impatient. I, I've got to be willing to wait, but keep looking. I think Mary wasn't patient. I could see Mary going, well, I'm going home. You can stay here if you want to. I heard he's, heard he's coming, but I, I haven't seen anything yet. I'm going home. She wasn't patient. Martha was patient. And she was there when he came. She was there before he even got there. How patient she was. You know, the Lord's coming. And I'd like for the Lord to come right now. But I don't know when he's coming, but I'm going to trust him that he'll come at the right time. If we're looking for the Lord coming, we'll be living a separated life. We'll be living a separated life. It's hard to find separation today. You know, I mean, we, we live in a day of people just don't care what they wear or what, I mean, even if they wear clothes anymore. Now what happens, you know, women are wearing clothes that it's nothing more than paint on their body. You know what I mean, you know? They, they say things don't stretch as far as they used to, but they ain't seen some of these women's britches, Amen. Just saying. Just saying. We don't have any standards anymore. <laughs> the kids I said about came over to eat the Friday night. Ileana. I just love listening to her. <laughs> the other day, she hit her finger in her nose. And her mom said, take your finger out of your nose. She goes, but there's water in there. <laughs> hey, man. There's water in there. That's a little kid thinking, you know, what are you going to do? There's water in there. <laughs> Crazy night. Tell she's a biter, can't you? It was time to eat, and they forgot, I guess, a bib or something there, and she had a good, nice, nice little outfit on. And my wife said, I got some shirts that I bought for the kids, and, you know, that they're all growing out of them. And they're downstairs. She went down, and she brought up some shirts, and this one was a T-shirt, a navy blue T-shirt. 
Now, I don't know if someone said anything. My wife thinks she might have got it for Jace. Jace is a boy. And all of a sudden, I see Mark over there talking to her. Now, you're going to put this on. I don't want to. And I'm like, what's wrong with her? She goes, it's a boy's shirt. A boy's shirt. I don't want to wear it. They finally got her to put it on. And I, I look over and she said at the end of the table there, her lip, I mean, it looked like a big gutter sticking out. I said, what's wrong? She goes, I don't, I don't want to wear a boy's shirt. So finally she was done eating. It was time for dessert. They bring out the boy's shirt again. I said, which, which cupcake do you want? She goes, I want the chocolate one. They said, well, with all that chocolate, you're going to have to wear that shirt again. Oh, no, it's a boy's shirt. They said, well, then eat the other one. Well, I want the chocolate one. And so what happened? She wanted the chocolate one so bad, she put the boy's shirt on. And I thought, isn't that silly? And I'm sure her parents thought, what's wrong with this kid? She got standards. Really? She knew it wasn't right for her to wear boys' clothes. Oh, you didn't know that was coming, did you? <laughs> Amen. I'm glad, little two-year-old. You got 15 grandkids, you don't know the ages of all of them. I'm glad two-year-old knows, that's boy shirt. Well, so adults need to wake up. If you knew the Lord was coming, you know, that people get embarrassed around the preacher, hide. I'm not the Lord, but the Lord's coming. Hello. Aren't you glad you came this, e this morning, this evening? <laughs> Somebody right now saying, I wish it was evening. Wait till you hear that one. I wouldn't want the Lord to come back and find me not dressed right, not drinking the right thing or telling a dirty joke. We always straighten up when the car pulled in the driveway. It was mom and dad. We better straighten up because the trumpet's about to sound. And the last thing, aren't you glad this is almost over? If we're looking for the Lord to come soon, we'll try to reach souls for Christ. We'll try to reach souls for Christ. I don't know about you, but it sure does look to me like everything's pointing to the coming of Jesus. I believe he's coming soon. That means this, that if anyone's going to get saved, they need to get saved now. Amen. They need to get saved. But since he's coming soon, that means we need to if we really believe he's coming soon, we need to get busy. The other night, my wife went to bed early. We were fighting. No, we weren't fighting. She says, I just ache. I think I'm going to go to bed. She went to bed early. And me, staying up, it was getting late, 8.30. And uh, uh, she, went, she went to bed. And I think I stayed up. I think it was like 9.30, almost 10 o'clock, I think it was. And the phone rang. And, you know, when the phone rings kind of late like that or early in the middle of the night, you figure something's bad going on. My wife was in bed, and I thought, well, let it ring. It'll wake her up. But I was a good husband, and I went and I answered the phone. I tried to look and see who it was, but I didn't have my glasses. And I'm looking. I'm trying to look and think, is that someone from the church? Because if not, I wasn't going to answer. I couldn't tell. And so I answered it, and all of a sudden this lady said, oh, Hi, Mark. 
was my sister-in-law. Barb. I love her, but I don't want to talk to her. Started going, well, how are you doing? Well, I'm doing all right. You been hunting? No. You know, I mean, we just we don't talk. Usually if I look and I see it's mock, I go, here, it's for you. <laughs> but she's in bed, and so I'm talking. I'm thinking, I gotta go, yeah. I said, Pam's in bed. She got tired. She's in bed. I'm thinking, and she'll say goodbye. She'll go, oh, I guess I'll talk to you. I'm like, oh, okay. And I'm finding out about everything, every little thing that's going on, and you know what doctors they've been to, and you know what toenail fell off, and all. I mean, all the, all the different things, you know, of life. And how old's Barb? Barb, she is she 80, 79, 79, 78, something like that. She's got lots of health problems. Bless her heart. She's still there at church all the time. She told someone, she said, come visit our church. I'm in the sixth row with a walker at the end. That's how people know she's there. They see Barb's walker. She don't let anything stop her. She says, oh, she says, I met a man from Vietnam. I'm like, what? She says, I have a little ministry. She said, I go to Wicker Park. It's a, it's a big park there in Highland, Indiana. Used to pass it all the time, been there many times. And it's a lot of, they have a track around there. And she goes there with her walker, with her little bag full of tracks. She can't stand up straight. I'm not making fun of her. I, I, she's being used as an illustration, a good one. I was kind of mean some of the things I've said there, but you know how you are about in-laws. She's all bent over in that walker. And I'm not, I'm not fooling. I mean, here, read this. It'll tell you how to go to heaven. She has every excuse in the world to stay at home. I felt like a backslider. She said, our preacher said this. Do you know who passes out tracks? People who carry tracks. And may I add this? People who believe he's coming soon. I look at that little lady there. She barely can get around. I'm telling you, when you're there, we went to visit them. I mean, it takes almost till noon for her to get ready. And off she goes to Wicker Park. Pass out tracks because she knows the Lord's coming soon. Jesus is coming soon. And we sleep and we play and we act like he's not coming back for years. Yeah, I believe we all believe that he is coming again. But I don't believe we're all looking for his coming again. Because if we were, some things might be different in our lives. Amen. So this morning, are you saved? Lord's coming again. I got plenty of time. Oh, you, you think you do? He could come today.
He could come this evening. It may be tomorrow, it may be days from now, it may be months from now, maybe years from now. I don't know, but I believe this, he's coming. And I believe he wants us to look like it could be at any moment. Because then we'll do the job, we'll have some standards, we'll, we'll behave ourselves, we'll be in the right place where we ought to be, we'll love each other like we should. If we really believe he's coming soon. Martha was there, Mary was back home. Now, later on, when Jesus came to the house that day, remember, and Mary was sitting at Jesus' feet, Martha was busy doing everything else. That's another story. But here, when they were waiting for his coming, she was watching, and when she found out he was on his way, there she went and met him. I want to be like Martha in that situation. Let us pray. Our Heavenly Father, we thank you again for this time this morning. Thank you for the Word of God. I pray that it will get to us. My intent was not to upset anybody. My intent was to deliver the truth. Lord, I know sometimes difficulties come, illness comes, things like that happen in our lives. I understand that. But Lord, I, I don't understand when we live our life like you're not coming for a long time from now. God, help us to be like Martha. I pray if there's someone here this morning not saved, that they get saved today. Speak to their heart about it. While their heads bowed, eyes closed, I wonder, you hear this morning, you say, Preacher, I, I, honestly, I, I don't know for sure I'm going to heaven, but I'd like to know that. Pray for me. Would you slip your hand up, anyone this morning? Preacher, I don't know that I'm saved, but I'd like to know that. Preacher, I'm not sure. Christian, this morning, are you looking for his coming? So I believe he's coming. I didn't ask you that. I said, are you looking for his coming? Are you looking for that, that any moment he could come again? He could come before the invitation is over. We need to be looking and being ready, be ready for his coming, for he is coming again. God spoke to your heart this morning about something, some area. I covered a bunch of different things. Let God speak to you continually on that. And here's a good idea. Make a decision about it this morning. You say, well, you know, I'll think about it, and I'll make a decision later on. Well, you know what? Don't stifle the Holy Spirit when he speaks to you at the moment. Do what he says right away. Because the devil will come along and try to steal that seed away. Father, bless the invitation time. Now I pray, help us be honest with you. Speak to us about these things we just talked about. Will we be more like Martha instead of Mary in this situation? In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.